Hey everyone, this is Natalie Satare, your makeup artist and beauty coach here. And today's episode is one that you're going to want to save and bookmark and keep. It is almost a look into the future about the cleanliness and sanitation of makeup, whether you are a makeup enthusiast, a makeup wearer or user or consumer, or whether you're a professional makeup artist. I am bringing on an amazing guest, Katrine Levi, who is in my opinion, one of the experts on makeup sanitation. She is always, always thinking of sanitation first in every single thing that she does, which is super important because we work six inches from people's faces and we touch mucous membranes and it is our job and responsibility to keep your kits clean. So tune in for this amazing and insightful episode. Thank you for tuning in to the Be Your Own Makeup Artist podcast. It's a podcast that is for beauty enthusiasts, makeup enthusiasts who want to learn more about the beauty industry and what it's like to be a professional makeup artist and some of our favorite hacks. So, this episode is really timely with everything that is going on in the world. And that is all about sanitation. And by the end of this episode, you should have a better understanding what to look out for in terms of sanitation practices, how to educate yourself more on makeup sanitation, whether or not you're a professional or just a personal user. And there's also a link to a guide on how to sanitize your personal kit. And I am so excited to have our guest for the show today, Katrine Levi. She is an Israeli makeup artist for special event makeup. She brings luxury skin prep, airbrush, and feature-enhancing makeup with a touch of red carpet glamour to her client's doorstep. But more personally, Katrine and I met through a course of Sonia Rosselli. She is a mentor to a lot of makeup artists, and we took one of her classes and met and we bonded over the instant German connection. You'll hear her accent. <laughs> She's German, but married in Israeli and has settled down in Israel. So she has such a diverse background and I love it. And we both share a love for this field. And I gotta say that Katrine is one of those artists who I turn to for anything sanitation advice. She's so well-versed and so well-read in the area of sanitation. She's certified by Sanitation Conversation, which is a program geared specifically towards makeup artists. She's also licensed by Biologic Solutions, which is a mandatory class for professional healthcare workers in the U.S. And I know that Israel doesn't have a lot of these certifications in place. So she is always seeking out things in other countries like the United States to get really, really smart. And then, of course, on her makeup side of the house, she's an amazing artist, but she's also an amazing airbrush artist. And most notably, she studied airbrush at Temp2 under the instruction of Asher Cohen. And her airbrush work is out of this world. So I am so excited to get asking Katrine all these questions. How are you, Katrine? Hi, hello, and thank you for inviting me to this podcast. 
Of course. I mean, this is such an important topic and it's yeah. not sexy. It's definitely not sexy, but I think it depends on the perspective. Like for me, I can't stop talking about sanitation. And I mean, this was very important always. And now we need to adjust some things to the current situation. And yeah, it's a little bit scary because a lot of things are not tested yet. And uh, we need to roll with what we know. And yeah. Can you tell everyone really briefly what got you into makeup and especially what drives you about makeup sanitation. Again, it's not a sexy topic, but I want to know a little bit of your story. When I changed my location from Germany to Israel, I knew that I will not continue working in my field, which was insurance. So I was a little bit looking around what to do and saw that people in my environment, they have a completely different perspective on how for example how they are prepping for special events like when people here go to a wedding it was always mandatory that they are booking makeup artists so what uh, brought me into the makeup was simply yeah the love to makeup in general using this on myself and then really seeing this as a business opportunity but you know it's a little bit different when you do makeup on other people so I was simply one day pushed into the situation that my best friend asked me if I would do her makeup for the wedding. And I happened to make her makeup and the makeup for her sister and for her best friend. And I was simply pushed into the situation and it was an amazing experience. And I knew that is something I can work with and where I can feel comfortable. So that's when I made the shift from insurance to makeup. And from beginning on, the sanitation aspect was important to me because my teacher school had a kid that was horrific and I couldn't even look at how he was working out of this kid. I know that when he goes to jobs that he's working sanitary, but in the makeup school, that was a total shock to me. And I thought this can't be that makeup has to look like this if we are constantly using this. So I started to make my research and I found a lot of groups in the United States where people need to follow state boards and so on and have to follow a certain order. In my country, there is no education about sanitation, but the information is out there. So I was seeking out, looking at other professionals globally to see how they are doing it and adapted my processes slowly. Like it's not happening overnight. It's not that you start being sanitary 100% on day one. So it's a process you grow in and yeah, you also need to adjust your processes all the time because now we are facing a new kind of virus situation in a global pandemic. And the majority of the sanitation things is still the same, but there are some things we need to do extra. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's perfect because I think at the end of this episode, everyone will at least be able to identify and see some of the things to look out for when it comes to sanitation, whether it's in their own kit or whether it's in professional kits. I know with you, I cringe when I see makeup artists who aren't practicing basic hygiene, like double dipping and creams and stuff like that. Yeah, these things were relevant always. Like this is not only now relevant, but 
if you were not working sanitary, now is the time to change this. And if you were a client who didn't pay attention to this, now is the time to get educated, to understand what you should be looking for when you are booking a makeup artist from now on. Absolutely. And in all my classes I took, there was one quote that really stick with me, and this is, health above artistry. And this is what I think is really most important because, of course, I want to give my clients an experience. I want them to feel great in their makeup. But most importantly, I don't want to put compromise their health. Right. That's kind of what I'm struggling with right now is how to still offer an a luxury experience without it feeling like you're in a hospital. So I think that's the art of our work is finding that way to still serve our clients, but also deliver a very luxurious, but also clean and sanitized experience. So that's actually the perfect segue into my first question for you. Is it safe to get your makeup done right now? From from your point of view, like would you go, I know, would you go and get your makeup done pretending that you don't know how to do your makeup? Yeah. In general, you must know that whenever you go out in this world and come into contact with something or somebody, you always have a potential risk of getting sick in general. So I think the question is more, is it safe enough now where we need to understand that we are not at the end, but we are in the middle of the pandemic. So I think you need to look at your location because it's not everywhere the same. For example, in Germany, I know that Nordrhein-Westfalen is a state where there is a higher number of infections going on than in other states. In the USA, the situation is way more out of hand than here in Israel, where we are a very small country and reacted pretty quickly. So our numbers are compared to the rest of the countries, very small. And for example, in my case, I could have resumed my makeup services already one month ago. But I chose for myself not to do this and to lean back and to observe and to get more educated and to ask myself several questions before I feel confident to resume with my makeup services. For example, like the client also, you have an inner voice. You're invited to a wedding or it's your own wedding. What do you feel? Do you think you want to get so close to someone and to receive a service right now? And as makeup artists, you need to know. Do I know and practice sanitation correctly as a standard protocol? Standard protocol is what we always used to do. This is nothing new. And what are the requirements and recommendations for my specific location for COVID-19? And do I feel that it's safe to resume services? Are the clients in my chair safe enough? So all these questions I need to ask myself. Also, which part of the application will I adjust? For example, for my business, I decided I'm going to scrape eyeshadows. I'm not going to go in with a brush into the shadows anymore. And I'm also currently not resuming with airbrush services because there is no studies that show that this is harmful, but you are moving air around. And if the virus is present in the room, you are raising the risk of contamination. So, I mean, it's just logical thinking. And I made for my business this decision that currently I'm just offering conventional makeup application with a brush. Yeah, 
when you say is it safe to get your makeup done, you hit it right on the head. You have to really look at the numbers where you're located and you have to also determine the risk. And I think hopefully potential clients are asking questions about sanitation and hopefully makeup artists are prepared. And I would say, I hope makeup artists are forward leaning and making sure that they're sharing about how they are going to be safe. And I'm with you. I have not opened my doors. There's just not enough science out there yet. I just don't know, even with the exposure by the air into my brushes. And then also for me, that luxury experience. If I can't figure out how to do it in a way that's not luxurious. Yeah, there are many things unknown. Like for example, now in most locations, you need to resume services with a face mask and a face shield. So are these precautions we are taking now, are they permanently or only now temporary? We need to figure this out. And we are not there yet to say this, but if we are resuming services now, I think it's safe to say wherever you are in the world, this is how you should do it. Because the client, when you are doing makeup on the whole face, is not going to wear a mask. So you need to create a barrier between yourself and your client. Yeah, for sure. Because you can't keep the social distancing distance of two meters and do makeup. Yeah, but then they're supposed to be wearing a mask too. And then in general, I wanted to say, like, if you as a client answer your question with yes, and if you find an artist who says he's educated enough to follow everything according to what is known, and you come together so you can resume your services. Yeah. So... You touched on it a little bit earlier about how it takes time to implement this stuff. And when we say stuff, when we say protocol, this also means that we as makeup artists, we already spend a lot of money on our kits, but we're having to spend even more money on our kits and per client because we're using more disposable products. We're scraping eyeshadows. Like you said, I haven't made my determination yet. Although I have been looking at the scraping eyeshadows, which if you don't know what that means, don't worry. You just shave off the shadow and then put it onto like a paper towel or wax paper. And then you just work off of that instead of double dipping into the brush. So for those of you who don't know what that means, it's literally you're scraping the powder shadow off scraping. I think it's important to understand as a makeup artist and as a consumer and potential client is you can't disinfect makeup. Yeah. So when you use this only for yourself, you know, for example, in your private makeup kit, it's important that, you know, you are not sharing this with your friend, like the mascara and the lipstick and so on, because this is a potential ground for bacteria and viruses to grow. So once you use this on your face, this is like... Uh, it's like your dirty underwear. You don't like share your underwear. Exactly. You're not sharing your underwear with anybody. <laughs> so because we're having to spend a lot more money on sanitation equipment and products as a result of making sure that there is no cross-contamination, what are your thoughts on makeup artists charging more for services now? Because you will have a risk... You have to have the face shield, which may or may not need to be replaced between clients. Masks need to be replaced. You need to have the equipment to cover your brushes to keep them airtight. You're scraping your shadows, which does 
use more shadow than you would normally use. We're probably using more disposables. I already use a lot of disposables, but um, yeah, that's my point. Also in general, from a makeup artist perspective, not so much change because if you are working sanitary, you are already using the disinfectant, yeah. the alcohol, and the disposable, and this should be reflected in your general price you are charging. So if you now feel like you need to charge more, then You need to sit on your pricing in general. Like in my experience, never sits well with clients is if you charge on top of the regular fee, like for example, for credit card fees or now yeah. the PPE aspect. Yeah, this is not sitting well with clients in general. So yeah, also in my location, we don't need to replace the face shield often, like only the mask. And we also don't need to wear gloves. We need to follow standard protocol in hand sanitation with washing hands with soap and water and hand sanitizer. What we don't do is to touch the face directly as much as we don't need to do this. We use yeah. brushes. Yeah. So there might be some artists who need additional brush sets because I always did it in my business, but there are a lot of artists. They are just spot cleaning the brushes between the clients. And now with this pandemic in the background, I think it's safer to have per talent, per client, your individual brush set. And you are going home as soon as you use the brush on someone and wash it with soap and water and disinfect it with alcohol and everything what you do in your cleaning routine. Yeah. Which is what I do anyway. So for me, this isn't a big change. Sometimes I do have to do spot cleaning, but very rarely. The only thing is when you're scraping eyeshadows, when you're working with a shield and the mask, it's more difficult to work this way. Yeah, the luxury experience, okay, is not so much there, but it's a respect to the client when you do this. And I think it will only be temporary. Yeah. So... It will take you a little bit more time and you need to figure out as an artist how much time this is. But I figured for myself, it's something like 10, 15 minutes per client. And this is nothing I'm going to charge extra for. Um, I um, would in general look at my price concept. And if you don't know how to figure this out for your business, there are also tools available where Mm -hmm. you can enter so that you know how much you pay for each application with the products you have specifically in your kit. Yeah. So very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. We should do an episode about that. So this is the most controversial topic I think we're going to talk about. So these are just opinions that we have and we're going to talk about. And of course, Katrine, you're an expert, but by no means, you know, you haven't done, I don't think, any published scientific research on LED lights. I think I know we have seen within our makeup artist communities a lot of discussion about LED lights. You see them used in hospitals, putting cell phones and tools in, in dentist's office, in nail salons, you see them putting things in LED light boxes and stuff like that. And I think now makeup artists are suddenly starting to be more interested in LED lights. I would love to know your thoughts on the LED light box. First of all, in general, I'm embracing all new scientific research, what is coming up and so on. So I'm very open to this approach, but I don't think that this is now the holy grail solution in fight of the pandemic. And we don't know exactly how effective it is on porous surfaces. And the majority of our stuff 
is not solid like powders and brush heads and so on. So LED light only disinfects the surface if it's clean and also where the light can fully hit the surface. And you see light is not bending, so it's impossible to sterilize makeup with this. But that being said, makeup is never sterile. Even when you go to a shop and buy a lipstick or whatever, it's clean, but it's not sterile. And it also doesn't need to be sterile because we only apply this on the top of our skin. What I found out is that, for example, UVC light does a little bit more than alcohol, for example, which is disabling pathogens on the surface. And UVC light is also destroying the RNA. So that's a small difference between the two. And when it comes to alcohol, misting alcohol on top of something is not as effective as deep dipping into alcohol or wiping with alcohol or cleaning wipes. Yeah. So if I think about my brushes, what I do is I wash them with soap and water, I get them dry, I deep dip them in alcohol, I dry them again. So then they are considered clean. But sometimes I have some time before I take my brushes to the next client. So how do I refresh my sanitation? So the UVC light box is giving me an opportunity to do this very quickly. I don't need to take care of this. I just expose it and then I take it and go out of the door. So it's a way for me to disinfect more. So it's like an added security blanket. It's not the solution. This is how I would handle this now because we don't know exactly how effective this is. We know it's effective in something, but we don't know exactly how effective. You know, this is a non-chemical way to disinfect or let's say to sanitize because you are not removing all pathogens, but you are reducing the number of pathogens. So... um, Good. I would so, say there needs to be more testing done on uh, UVC light, and I'm open yeah. to what new research will show. Okay, so let's talk about resources that you can recommend for learning more about makeup sanitation. Let's Let's just talk about one or two places that as makeup artists, professional makeup artists, you have found to have probably one of the more useful and easier to implement curriculums. And let's also talk about how everyday makeup wearers can learn and become more educated. Yeah. For professional makeup artists, I recommend Sanitation Conversation. It's a class, a paid class which is offered by a makeup school in America. And there is information for free available, but it's all over the place. And also sometimes you need to get specific knowledge to understand why you are doing things. And in sanitation conversation, what was, for example, for me a big eye-opener is the direct comparison between YouTube videos you see every day, how people do makeup on others. (laughs) and how it should look like. The gap is mind-blowing. So this is definitely a source which I recommend because they are also very active on social media and also always adapting to current situations and sending updates. And yeah, it's like a small network you are joining of like-minded people. And another platform for professionals is also the Glossable Network where also met you and other artists and it's an amazing platform as well to connect yeah. with other artists and to get educated and if you guys don't and, 
let's just say Glossable has, if you search on Facebook for Glossable, you can join as even a makeup enthusiast, the Glossable group. But if you're a pro, you can show your credentials and join some of the groups that are just for pros. So you can kind of get to that information easier. And it's amazing how many makeup people who really do all those glamour, I don't know how to say this, those... Um, glamour schminken. Glamour, glamour schminken, yeah. <laughs> uh, really experts in their field. So, yeah, you have Glossable, which is great for everybody. And then you have the professional groups where you can also ask a specific questions when you don't get further in your research, which is important to know that these people, they expect you to do your homework before you are asking a question. You have a group search and so on, but you are really getting professional advice from other professionals and it's an amazing tool I can only recommend to use. Yeah. And it doesn't matter where you are in the world, especially when it comes to sanitation, it's globally relevant. What about just for a regular everyday makeup user? Where can they learn to become educated on makeup sanitation? I would say by following professionals and not necessarily influencers. I mean, it's okay to watch the videos and to admire the results and so on. But when it really comes to sanitary working, you should look at people who know what they are doing. And a professional artist knows how to handle the tools and the products accordingly because makeup can't be disinfected. And so so would you say that the sanitation conversation is definitely more for professional working makeup artists? Or do you think that like a regular makeup enthusiast would benefit from that? I think they would benefit from that, but it's in general more for professional artists. I think in general, from a client perspective, This is leading to another question where you should pay attention in this time when you are booking an artist. That's like my fifth question. What are some important things to look out for when hiring a makeup? Yeah, you can easily get a feeling if someone is taking sanitation seriously or not. What are important things to look out when you are hiring a makeup artist during this time? It's simple. You should hire a makeup artist who is making you their priority. You pay for this service and you deserve to be treated with respect. And what do I mean with this is in the sanitation class, I took this quote, health before artistry, really settled in. And an artist respects a client by giving a safe service. And the safe service starts with communication. So when you call the artist and you're talking, listen to what questions the artist is asking you. Do they ask you about your general health? Do they ask you if you have allergies? You can ask them questions like ask, when you are performing the service on me, will you be wearing a face mask and a face shield during the service? Ask if they use disposables and if they don't come to you, but you go into their salon, do they schedule you a specific time slot so that you don't need to wait in a waiting room with other clients where there's a potential contamination aspect? And most importantly, when the artist is sitting with you and is performing the service on you, then pay attention how the artist is working because a sanitary artist is trying to create a barrier between the products and you. So that, for example, she's not double dipping or he. Yeah. 
obviously, and you too, we practice sanitation. I know we both do. And it's amazing how many people and clients I have who watch me and are like, well, why are you doing that? Or why are you doing that? Or we have to use that many wands or that many things. And I've learned how to be better by scraping product out. So I don't have to use a thousand disposables and stuff. But when I teach them, they're like, whoa, I never thought about that. And I mean, now it's going to be common practice, but spraying alcohol, normally I would just put everything to the side that I've used on that client and just spray it with alcohol when they leave. Now I almost am doing it regularly. I know my last client before the pandemic, I was spraying in between each use, you know, Mm -hmm. saturating it with alcohol. But anyways, people are always like, what are you doing? What's this? And I'm like, I am making sure that I'm clean. Like, I don't want you to get sick. And For example, also every time you touch your makeup, that you are disinfecting your hands before this. Every time when you are finished with the eyes and you are changing to the mouth, you need to disinfect your hands. So at the beginning, it looks random to you, but when you start to understand how viruses and pathogens and so on work, you understand the term cross-contamination, what this can mean for a client, for someone at home, as long as you are using your own products on yourself and you clean the surface and you sometimes use 70% alcohol to remove residue and you are washing your brushes once in a week. I would say when you do daily makeup, I would say once in a week is probably a good time frame. Then you are already doing a lot to minimize the risk of contamination and uh, getting sick from your makeup. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can't unlearn it and nothing that you do is going to hurt you when you're being more yeah, sanitary. So it can't also hurt that this is taking you much time. It's just that you need to be aware of certain things and how you are doing them. Exactly. Yeah. So we covered whether or not we should get our makeup done. So it depends if you want to get your makeup done professionally. You need to look at the statistics in your area and you need to make a calculated and educated decision on whether or not you want to put yourself at risk and whether or not the makeup artist wants, because the, at the end of the day, it is a livelihood. And so not working is not necessarily an option. So if you have to work as a makeup artist, or if you absolutely need your makeup done, you really need to make sure you've done your research. So we decided on charging more. No, we shouldn't be charging more because it should already be built. All of the sanitation should already be built into your prices. And so, yeah, we talked also about LED light effectiveness, about how it's a great just added bonus, but not. I forgot one point in this UVC light thing because what we know for certain is that uh, UVC light disinfects the air. So this can be, for example, an option in the future that when we are working in close proximity to a client, maybe that we are putting like a germicidal lamp next to our workstation to purify the air. This can be an option. And yeah, as I said, there needs to be more testing done. But UVC light is not only disinfecting surfaces, but also water and air. So that is awesome. This can be, for example, also on makeup sets for TV. I think this can be interesting. I'm visualizing this right now. The future of production studios and sets where you have artists always there. I can actually 
visualize this being there, you know, as a fixture. Yeah, because you can see the technology being used already in hospitals in Israel, uses in hospitals to uh, sterilize or disinfect the rooms of COVID-19 patients. In New York, they started to use this on the subways in the evenings after the cleaning routine is finished. So why not use this on makeup sets, on TV yeah, sets exactly. in the evenings to disinfect the surfaces? I think this can be very interesting. That's an awesome bonus. I never knew that about yeah. disinfecting the air. That's why I asked you to come on the show. <laughs> For number four, we talked about the resources that you can go to. So basically, if you're a pro makeup artist, you really need to look into sanitation conversation or join professional networking groups like Glossable, Glossable Pro. If you are not a professional, you need to really start following some professionals who do talk about sanitation so that you can learn. I have a free guide that I created at the beginning of the pandemic, which I probably will need to update, but you can go grab that guide, nataliesatere.com forward slash clean. You can grab that guide and it's free and full of information that I think will be super helpful. And then the last thing that we talked that Katrine mentioned is the things to look out for when hiring a professional makeup artist is the warning signs, watching how they work. Are they telling you that they're going to be working with a mask and a face shield? Are they forward leaning and making sure to give you information? Are they asking about allergies? You know, watching their process and asking questions are going to help you to determine whether or not you want to hire them. So the last question is more on a fun and lighthearted note. I had one other guest on the show, Mika Kimbrosiak from Arian MUA. You're my second guest. And one of the questions I want to ask all my guests, makeup artists, are your favorite makeup hack. So I, I know, and we chatted and you told me two of them. So if you had to pick one of your favorite makeup hacks, what would you say? Or what would you want to share? I would say it has to be blotting your lipstick. I mean, it's so old school and everybody has seen this. When you apply a classic lipstick formula to the lips and then you take a tissue and blot off the excess. Because what this will do is it's removing the excess oils and the remaining color pigments. They really set in nicely into the skin and you can... Repeat this process as much as you want to, whether wear it as a stain or as a full cover lipstick. Because I personally, I'm a little bit over this long lasting formula matte lipstick trend. Because there are some things which are disturbing me about this. One is, for example, that it's very drying to the lips and it's not photographing very well. And also once it goes south, you can't touch those lipsticks up. So you really need to remove the whole thing and reapply it which is very complicated, especially when you are already wearing a face of makeup. And when you are having a classic lipstick, a cream lipstick, and you are doing it this way with the blotting, it's going to be longer lasting. And also the way how it's going to wear off is more evenly. It's not leaving you with this ring of color around your lips where in the middle it's suddenly gone. Yeah. And it's easy to really just wipe on another layer, blot it lightly, and boom, your lip is like new all day long. and also in pictures and in selfies, it's really looking nice. And you can give the tissue 
to your lover or your kids, you know, and you have your little, put it in your makeup book, you know, or put it in your journal. It's a good memory. Yeah. And it's also when you are in the bathroom and putting out a nice lipstick, you know, for me, this is always this Audrey Hepburn moment. Yes. <laughs> where you also, it makes you feel good, you know, when you, you are know? using a lipstick bullet on your lip, which is only for you. You know, it's not about makeup. It's the experience of makeup, right? And so I try to tell people, don't take it too seriously. Have fun. It's your own personal experience. It's not for anybody else. You're not wearing makeup for other people. It's just for you. So thank you so much for joining and agreeing to be interviewed on this not sexy makeup topic. Where can people find and follow you? You can find me on my website, katrinlevy.com, or on my social media platforms, Makeup by Katrin Levy on Instagram and Facebook. Or you can easily reach me via my telephone. So I'm located in Israel, but WhatsApp is international. So via my telephone number. We will link all of that in the show notes so people can ask you more questions because I guarantee you're going to get some questions out of this. And it'll be amazing. So thank you so much for joining me on the Bureau Makeup Artist. And as always, stay beautiful, everyone. That was such a fun episode to record, to chat about. I wonder how things are going to change. I wonder uh, what the future of makeup artistry will look like in terms of sanitation and cleanliness. I wonder if LED lights are going to become a thing. Make sure that you clean your brushes, clean your makeup. I have a free makeup sanitation guide. You can grab that at nataliesetere.com slash clean, and you can get that. That's totally free. And yeah, make sure to subscribe to the podcast if you love it and leave a review if you have the time or feel compelled If you want to be on the show or want to feature somebody else on the show, or if you want to just ask me a question, you can head over to nataliesetere.com slash podcast. And I'm here for you. The show is for you. And until next time, stay beautiful.